chapter 7, Discovery, chapter 7. So, um, just kick, I'll kick it off. You know, obviously the king, the viceroy has been searching for the lost princess, which is our keyword into this inner searching that we go through throughout life. Um, you know, you could be excited about uh, stuff, especially uh, when, you, when it's especially apparent is when you look at kids and you see their excitement and youthfulness and, I mean, just watching the kids, just just pure, no? Uh, just Just pure, you know, goofing off with all of it, but like no, nothing, no bad intentions, just kids, purity, it's like, and, and searching for that and to rediscover that and refine that and reintroduce that into our lives in every aspect of it. So the Viceroy, which is, you know, represents that inner point of goodness, that part of us that nothing could happen to. It. It's our neshama. It's the inner deepest point of our neshama. And, uh, and nothing could happen to that. And that's just that, you know, really the story, like it's called the story of our lives. It's like this is the pattern that we follow and we flow through um, this searching so we've discussed the Viceroy and uh, beginning his search, ending up in the Palace of Evil, um, which is something that, you know, in after last time, in, in thinking about it and talking about it, you know, just, just realizing and recognizing that we can find ourselves inside of that, so to speak, Palace of Evil. I mean, we just find ourselves just kind of floating along in a completely, um, a complete, completely different like sphere where like um coming close to hashem holiness being a good person like those are just not on our radar and we can go through phases like that and you know represented in the story is the palace of evil this place where um there's there are kings in this palace and there are uh rulers and there are guards and you know as much as it seems to be fake if we wake up and say okay this is this is all fake, but um, it's a place, it's a very real place that we can find ourselves in. Now we get to the next part of the story. That's, now that brings us to, okay, so he's in the palace. We said he sat in the corner and he says, I want to see what goes on over here. And then he realizes, Vera'a, I'll read it, that he sees. He's laying in the corner. The viceroy is laying in the corner, right? Not to. Seems like, right, he's not sitting in the corner. He's laying in the corner. It seems like, I don't know, the laying in the corner to me seemed like it was like a beaten and dejected laying i don't know if there's any indication but like just just like after a long journey he's just like he's like the guy in front of the gas station that says hey do you have any change like he's just leaning against the sitting on the floor leaning against the wall it's not comfortable it's not good but it's just like the last place in the world that you know that he could find and he's just just sitting there right and as people walk in and he gets to hear everyone's sob story about not having change nobody notices it's not even this right you're looking away from him (laughs) oh i didn't even see i didn't even see that right you're not even noticing it right 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 so he sees that the king commands that the queen of this kingdom should be brought in remember this is the palace of evil and the king of evil so to speak the yetzer hara or the evil inclination or the king of this palace um, which might be an, I mean, we, the Yetzirah Hara is not this external force, right? It's a voice that talks from within us and tells us, go do it, do it, it's fine, you'll be fine, right? right? So this king, which is really me, the king says, in the story, let's stick to the story, sorry, I'm always flowing back and forth, but the king says that the queen should be brought in. And they go to bring her, and there was a great noise and great simcha, great joy, and the choir starts playing the orchestra starts playing and the choir starts singing right that they're bringing the queen in and they put her on the on the throne and he puts her right next to him the king and the queen so and rabbi nachman says in the story parenthetically you should know as you're going through this this is this is the lost princess she's here and she's the queen the who and what does the viceroy do? The Shani Lamalchus, what does he do? Ra'a vihikira. He sees her and immediately he recognizes her. Even though the entire situation has changed, immediate recognition. And then, Hamalka, the queen looks out onto her crowd, past the, with the orchestra playing and the music and the choir, and she sees one who, one person who is sitting in the corner, right, lying in the corner, and she recognizes him. She knows exactly who he is. Va'amda Mikisa, she gets up from her throne, the Halchalasham, 
You can imagine, right? In a real palace, you can imagine the commotion this would cause when she goes out into the crowd, into the corner, to talk to the hobo in the corner, right? And she touches him, and she asks him, Ha'ata makir oti, do you recognize me? And he looks up at her, and he says, I, he answers, Hain, yes. Ani makir osach, I recognize you. Ati habas melech shenevda. You are the lost princess, Right? This is a lot of, uh, again, as we go through this, it's like just recognizing that as much as, uh, as much as it's not a Rishan. It doesn't say a princess. It says the daughter of the king. The daughter of the king. That's what he calls her the whole story. I know, but this is like... The daughter of the king. Oh, very good. Connecting it back to the king. I like that. Okay, right. now you're talking about a Rishan. Now you're saying like a Rishan. <laughs> I was going to say as much as it's not a Rishan, you could see the nuance in the way that Rabbi Nachman was telling this story is there for a reason. And so we have uh, the chapter to open it up for us. Um, what stood out for you as we went, as we went through this? Main ideas, you know, Stam in the story. What's, what is, what's going on here? What do you, what did you, like, you know, before you read the take in the book, what, was, what were you thinking? What's going on? What's this, what's this, what is this meant to be teaching us? It, it, kind, it kind of made me feel like the so the whole time we're found the viceroy as as being the the body the wolf you know, and, and the princess is the desire for for excitement and joy and, and you know and I was a little confused as to why is it trying to sort of explain that you will see like people like people on on a wrong path or on a different path or, or on a bad path per se or that they're they have so much excitement like like the like the excitement I had for doing this they have it now doing something that's wrong or bad like like right. like Ari statuses right I'm sorry under the bus <laughs> what yeah. I mean to say is like something like that the excitement you have for something like that right is it is that what it's trying to like bring out that there's that you can see excitement that same excitement in other things or not I would I decided to go to Las Vegas for my nephew's wedding so I just spent like two days in a casino you can't get to the elevator without going straight through yeah I came back Friday like the shots like I just like I just even my daughter said we were leaving in the morning at 4 a.m. in the morning walking to the casino to get to the car and catch an early flight she's like but when I was there and I was from the family I was like what I was seeing Isaac's about to <laughs> you said Vegas. <laughs> he wants to go now. He's always <laughs> right. He doesn't know why that's but, bad. But what I was noticing as I was in that place, which is this castle you're talking about, to the extreme, right? A, a castle of superficiality. Everyone pursuing these simple physical ple- I mean, you know, pleasures. Uh, I don't know if everyone was a prostitute, but they all dress like prostitutes. <laughs> you know, they don't call it Sin money. City for nothing. Exactly. <laughs> and it's... And, 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 and I was thinking, like, and even where I was when I was an atheist, is that you have this this drive, this energy, you know, like people do. And when it's not channeled towards God, it goes towards all these things. The Yetzirah captures it in this false, you know, castle of allure and this, this, you know, small, simple delights. And that they get stuck there, trying to harness that, and it doesn't go anywhere. I think that's what he, what he's saying. That's exactly. I don't know. I think that's like that's like that's I'm that not dogging on people that go to see us. But that but that sounded like what you were saying was like, for, for, for just internally. I was that excited for doing. Things yeah, like, but look, your face never looks like this when we talk about anything about Vegas. <laughs> no, because he's talking about Torah. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's talking about Torah, maybe. Oh, that's uh, but maybe, but yeah, but like, there's there's something that he's bringing out is that in last chapter also in describing the beauty of this palace, right? And describing how it's this is not a place with overgrown weeds and how you would think a rabbi would be describing the palace of evil. He's a very beautiful place. And now he's talking about the energy that's in that room where the queen walks in and the king says, bring the queen. And they bring her in and there's music and light shows and fountain shows. And it's it's awesome. Right. And yeah, but that's exactly it is that the that passion and excitement that we could have ends up being the fuel for all of this, for this 
palace now revolves around this queen. She's the one who they play music for. This is what gets us excited. And, and you know, it, it, it's, first of all, it's, it's, I think he's bringing it out that you have to be aware of it because it could, your passion could get lost into there. But not only that, not only that's, that's like one layer, but the other layer is, is know that if you are super passionate about things, that is a super positive thing in the big picture because that means that there's still something alive inside of you, right? That means that the princess is still there giving you life. Now you have to, now you have to rescue the princess, but vitality, passion, excitement is still alive in your life. I think this is why part of the Shema Koleinu that we say, right? You know, Shema Koleinu, Hashem Elokeinu, right? One of them is, Al Tashlichenu, don't send me, please God, don't send me, Le'es Zikna, to the aid to old age. And on a simple level, it just means, don't send me, I don't want to be an old fart, right? I, like, let me, let me just keep walking around, <laughs> right? I just, just let my body keep working on a simple level, that's for sure what it means. But on a deeper level, don't let me just be an, an old guy in my mind where I'm not passionate about anything. I'm not excited about anything. And I've gone through times like that, right? Think about myself, it's like, I've gone through times like that, it's like, I don't, I, like, even, even for Avera, like, even for sin, like then it's like, whoa. Then it's like, whoa, you're not even excited to do a sin? <laughs> like, you, that's like, really, wow, we really need to rescue your excitement. That's when they call the doctor. That's when they call the doctor. It's like, he hasn't gotten out of bed in five days, right? <laughs> um, and it's not because he doesn't feel well or has a fever. He just has no interest in getting up. And that's like a whole nother level. But here, what he's bringing out is that the normal cycle is and the normal the way a person functions is that you are excited about certain things. And there is certain things that can get you up early in the morning, right? It's maybe uh, it may be you have a workaholic. It may be a work deadline that gets you up early in the morning. But it may be something exciting and pleasurable, a trip that you're going on that the Last minute tickets that you booked, you had to go on a 5 a.m. flight. So you got to get to IAHFI. And I start doing the math. It's, it's going to be an early morning. But there's certain things that like you get up and you're like, yeah, I'm fine. What do you mean? Like, I'm, uh, there's a hop in my step. I'm on my way to something incredible. But that's a positive thing because there's still a hop in your step. That's right. the prayer that we're saying is don't let me be old. It's don't let me lose the hop in my step at all in my life because I need that. You need that because that is what ends up fueling positive growth. As long as you can find that princess, channel it, bring her back to the palace, right? In the story, not the, not let her be the fuel to the palace of evil. It's like that. If you can harness that, who, who said that? It was a couple weeks ago. Someone, I think they came to, they came to Rabbi Nachman and someone told him. I saw it as a quote, a small quote. I don't even remember where it was. But someone came to Rabbi Nachman and he said, I am, I am so deeply connected to the sins that I do. Like, I am so into them. I think he was talking about women. I don't remember exactly what the context was. But I think he was so deeply into the sins. Like, I'm so connected to them. Right? Bringing out this idea of passion. Rabbi Nachman said that's an amazing thing. That shows that you're the type of person that if you do something with your heart, and if you really want to do something, you can do it in a tremendous way of connectivity, of being connected to it. Could you imagine harnessing and channeling that energy that this guy in the story had, could you imagine channeling that towards a Shmon Esrei, towards a davening? Right. Like, can you imagine the kavana that you could have? Right. It's like me, I'm, I'm constantly, like Rabbi Nachman says, kavana, paying attention and, and intention in your davening is your thoughts are like, uh, they're like a horse, right? They're like a horse. And the horse sometimes, you know, says, I want to go this way. But the ability that a human has on their thoughts and the power that we have and control that we have, the ability to control, is that you have the reins and you pull the horse back on track. So he says when you're davening, if your mind goes off into the wherever, sometimes crazy places, right? Or sometimes you figure out the solution to a really good math problem, right? That's the good Shmon S race, right? Um, but you, uh, as they say, if you ever forget where, you forget where your keys are, just 
start davening and your mind will get you back there. <laughs> it's exactly the corner of your house that they're in. But they're, your thoughts are like the horse, says Rabbi Nachman. So you're, you, you have the ability with the reins to pull them back and you can jerk them back and you can pull it back. So it's the same thing with energy, passion, excitement, is that if you're able to channel that, Rabbi Nachman was pointing out to this guy, is that you have a way of doing things in a beautifully connected way. Like, can you imagine how you're if how your learning is when your when your brain is fully activated, right? Like when that part of your brain, you know, when you have a hard this is for me, you know, when I have a, like a hard work problem, like there's something at work that I know is going to take. Usually, it involves Excel, right? <laughs> like if I have to if I have to get involved in Excel and like start doing calculations and have to build and then you know whatever you know depending on the line of work you're in, but like there's a part of your brain that you're just like, I'm that, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to take care of that tomorrow or after the weekend, you know, after like three o'clock Friday afternoon, right? It's like, I'm sorry, after the weekend, why? Because it's like a part of my brain, I am not activating that part of my brain. But Rabbi Nachman was telling him, if you could be so connected to Avera, that means that you're activating amazing parts of who you are and if you could channel it, that's the thing. That's a quote he brings from, from Rabbi Tzadok, from Rabbi Tzadok here. He says such a beautiful way. On 143, each person must know that in the specific area where his Yetzar Hara is particularly strong, he has the ability to, to be particularly clean and refined. And in the areas which he has sinned abundantly, forget about Yetzar Hara, the desire to do bad, but Sorry. where he actually did the sin, he must know that he is a ready vessel for cleanliness and purity of heart. No, they say like that's how you you want to know how Hashem talks to you. Look at what your is your greatest challenge. Go deep, deep inside, and what is your greatest challenge? And if it's how to talk to your wife, then that is the area that you have the ability to excel in. And if it's how to interact with your kids and your struggle with that, then that is an area that you could be. Like if I some days I'll say like you're like you're just not a great dad but you could excel in that because that's what you're being challenged with. And that's the area of growth. And he says he's even a focus where he has the most potential. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he knows that that's your win. He knows that you're the reason why you're here is part of the reason why you're here is to be super dad or part of the reason why you're here is to be super husband or part of the reason why you're here is to be a super davener or a super learner or a super chesed man kindness. That's your thing. But you just, you're like, I just, I just, Look around and I don't see opportunities to do for other people or whatever. Or you're doing it, but you're not doing it with enjoyment. And like, that's exactly where he's going to attack you. That's where Tzedek is like, was like mind-blowing, especially because he's talking about the Avera itself, right? Very Ishbitz, uh, right? He's talking about not only the desire to do bad is a place of potential, but even in the bad that you do, inevitably, in those things that you actually struggle, that we're doing things that we're not supposed to, in that area itself... We could excel. It's a place that could be a place of tremendous purity, right? That's, um, that's, and that's the princess in the palace of evil. But all the music playing is she is the lifeblood of this palace. She's what keeps it going. It's the same attribute of Malchus, what we're trying to connect to, that princess, what she represents. It's that same attribute, just misused. And when you have Malchus misused, it fuels amazing, amazing things, right? So, so two questions on this. I mean, does that mean if you never sin, you almost have less of a chance to be great? Because it's almost as if the Yitzhara is like, eh, that guy, he's not out for greatness. He'll just, he'll just do his the motions. There's probably no one like that. Is there such a person? I, I have a story about something, and I want to know. And I, I was told I'm a bad person, but I probably did the right thing. That's why. Where somebody came and spent some time at my house, and after knowing this person, he was just down, down on himself. And I finally discovered that he never really did anything wrong in his life. He never, like, did anything bad. Like nothing. Like nothing. Entire life in between the lines. Yeah. And I was like, that's your problem. Just one day. I, I legit. I was like, just go to a movie theater. Like, Miss Zman Kriyashma, Miss Zman Just one time. 
You'll feel better about yourself. What was your such a good influence? What was your intention? <laughs> I think there's something deep here, but what was your intention? My intention <laughs> was that like sometimes you just not recalibrate, and you can never recalibrate if you're like if like imagine like you're just waiting for your tire to go down a little more till the sign goes on to refill it. Yeah. But it just never does, and it always stays at like that 27 psi. So you're just like <laughs> chugging along. But when it goes to 22, you'll pop it back to 38, and you're like, okay, hey, that was smart. So, like, that was the intention. I think it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's off the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> he's that guy outside the gas station. No. <laughs> but he's really comfortable against the wall he's there. Good. He's good. That's, he's good. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. No, I, I really, I really, I really, this really happened. Like, this was a real Maisa Shaya. This story happened. And, and I think there's something to it also. Like, i.e. Uh, the princess. Uh, the princess stayed the whole time. Would she be the princess? Stayed in the, in the palace. She went to her room, never right. left, never right. went anywhere. Right. Or is it the journey that makes her the princess princess? I think you're thinking like Adam now. I'm not so scared. <laughs> like first man? Yeah, how he thought the idea of sinning was to create a greater asylum and the greater... No, but it's, it's, it's if you're stuck. You could, you could be perfect and depressed. But we don't have to worry about that, bro. Yeah, no, no. The guy's in the movie here. I'm not worried about it. I'm not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a sense of appreciation for living a Jewish life that I guess if boys lived it, you don't know what the other side's like. So you can. I'm not even talking about like. Like the Amish, like take a year off. I'm not even talking about like. No, I'm not even talking about. I'm talking about just the concept of. Never doing anything wrong. Like, there's certain people and, like, they're just blah. But when you don't know it, it's great. When a guy who never does anything wrong realizes he's blah, like, he's like, yeah, whatever, life is good. Yeah, I honored my parents. I did the right thing. I did this. And he's just down on himself. Well, then there it is. He's obviously not perfect because the fact that he's down on himself... That's an emotional Do you think level, you like no. you could you do you think your really it was religious. this was your special way of like waking up his that like you could be excited about something, and then he could translate that back yeah, into a trillion percent. You're saying that was what you're that was maybe what you're trying. No, to No, not maybe for sure. What I was trying to do. It's like go do a, do a gishmak. I said do something gishmak. I was like smoke weed, do something, do something gishmak. Ow, do something that you feel is not the right thing. Not necessarily the wrong thing. Right, it's not necessarily outside. No, for him it's wrong because it's right. that kind of person. It's, it's outside of his that lines. That kind of person is like always in the lines. See, right. when, I, when I met uh, Sadiqan, which is very rare, like someone who maybe, because we don't know what really that person did, but they seem like very uh, happy and like they have like, a, like maybe in Israel, a certain rabbi who you, who you might believe never sinned or. or Usually they have like an inner glow and they see so floating. What if they, but that's the guy who never had the struggle of now. What if the person that did nothing wrong, just he's always down on himself? Like, yeah, I think that's a different story. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer. I, I don't know. Yeah, and, cool. and the princess too. And we're seeing that from her Tzadok. Like, that's where your greatest strength would be. If the princess would have stayed, I mean, it's a what if, obviously, but if the princess would have stayed and just stayed the path. Never left the palace, and when said, may the no good one take you, would the princess be the princess? No, it never left. We so, got to the end of the story. We don't know what the princess is going to look like at the end. <laughs> Clearly, she's now reaching out to the viceroy sitting in the corner. So it's almost like it should only be like three or four more pages, right? Not they found really. each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it really is in the in the in the story. It's really like. Another two, another two lines. Yeah. So it's a little bit off topic, but, but the whole the whole discussion. There's nothing off topic. Staying, 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 There's staying. absolutely nothing it's, off topic. Okay, can we bring Chabad in for a second? Yeah. Uh, so they, they, so the uh, it's the Tanya, right? It's the Benoni versus the Sadiq, right? So what, what's the difference? Uh, materially, there is no difference on the outside, right? It's that the Benoni, he does nothing but mitzvahs. The Sadiq does nothing but mitzvahs, right? So what's the difference? So the Benoni, he still has the struggle, right? He wakes up in the morning and, and, and his mind's over here, so he, he takes the horse and he brings it back, right? 
So the tzaddik, he's defeated the Yitzhahara to the point that it, it almost doesn't exist anymore conceptually, right? So it's this, uh, this idea of, uh, you're talking about this guy that does nothing wrong, you know, is it, is, is he the, you know, is it still a struggle right. for him? Is he, has he reached that point where there, there is no internal fight anymore and it's just, you know. I hear that. Anyway. I hear that. that but That's the, the non-internal fight is when you conquer. Yeah. Not when you're just there. The tzaddik has undergone a process whereby yeah. he's, you know, right. conquered it. He's conquered it, right? Yeah. I guess the next thing, the next thing besides for the fact that this, the the princess, um, as she has been captured and she's really her power has been usurped, as he says, you know, it's just taken and being used to fuel something, um, to fuel enjoyment and excitement, which we know we can feel, but we're just not channeling it. It's not back with the king. Right. Um, the other thing that he that he brings over here, very powerful, this whole idea of the orchestra and the choir. The fact that the orchestra is the music is the is the is the uh, body, right? And the choir is really the soul of the performance. So, um, so when Rabbi Nachman says that when they brought her in, there was music, an orchestra, and a choir, he's putting these two um, he's putting these two ideas together and telling us that really this. What that was a representation of was the fact that she also, the princess, was here in this palace serving as a soul for evil. Almost like an inner drive for the evil, something that keeps it going. But I think the second point is even, was even more interesting to me. When he says on 145, when he says um, the whole idea that Rabbi Nachman is bringing out, this is a, like a, you know, back to the basics question is why is there evil in this world? If Hashem wants to be revealed into the world, then just reveal, right? Just make it easy to see, right? I should see Hashem's handwriting on everything apparent. It should be on the front layer of everything. And yet the way it is, is that it's hidden, right? And it's hidden behind a cloak of what will we'll put into the category of evil or worldly things. And why is it like that? So he speaks out, very basic way, is just evil is here to create the equilibrium. There needs to be an equilibrium because people need to have always the ability to choose. Right? It's that choice that ends up that when you choose the correct, when you make the correct choice, now I can give you reward, which was the goal of this whole thing, was that you should be living with God. That's the reward. Right? Schar mitzvah mitzvah. Right? It's the, inside the mitzvah itself is the reward. That, that's what I want. I want you to be experiencing that mitzvah. And then we can talk about the world to come, but don't even have to concern ourselves for, with that, right? I want something immediate. I want payment immediately. And that's the mitzvah itself is, is rewarding. But evil needs to exist. The other side needs to exist. Worldly things need to exist. The world itself needs to exist as a veil hiding the good. So I want to suggest something. Yeah. The princess slash the queen might be continuity. The idea of a woman procreating. You mm-hmm. know, procreate, that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, when she's by, uh, she's on the good side, it seems that there's continuity and permanence to the good side. And when she's by the bad side, that's where they co-opt her. And it seems like they have the continuity and permanence. Mm-hmm. And um, while she's a princess by the good side, she's untouched and unsullied. And when she's by the bad side, she becomes a queen. She becomes... Uh-huh. She transitions from princess, which is innocence, to queen, which is... Interesting. Like you're all grown up. No, but she's... Yeah, she's almost utilized. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah, it could... Uh, it could. Specifically the idea of continuity. Right. Where, where um, not just vitality, there is the idea of vitality and continuity being related. Um, as women age, they lose the ability to procreate. Um, but yeah, that idea that there's vitality, but also continuity, and there's a permanence to the... That's why they're celebrating her. Mm-hmm. Whereas if she was just an, an, uh, a temporary um, burst of energy, I don't think it would be celebrated quite as much. Ah, because they're saying if, if, they can connect, if they could use it, could use then that. they could keep them going forever. But like I think they're looking at it almost the way we understand Hashem is there's a permanence and a continuity to it. This is their false sense of continuity as well. And that's why it's so appealing. If it didn't have that, then you wouldn't engage in it if you saw that it was shallow and temporal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they see that it's she's different than them, even yeah. right. She's different than them is in that she brings that. Well, she's the only woman there. She's the only woman there. Right, right. it's interesting. The only <laughs> one described. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. But he so, says... Something very good, someone else was saying, like, that the, uh, the, the other reason for evil, Ron Paul teaches that the, one, the way God could basket us to understand him for that relationship, which couldn't exist in the spiritual realm, is to create the contrast of God and not God. And so that, that allows us to understand him plus gives us the free will. Do we want the not God or do we want the, the right, God? Right, right, right. It's also the contrast of the darkness to the light, right? Yeah. Like that, that contrast. It's a win-win situation. But that's what he's saying. In associating the relationship of the queen and the wicked assembly with that of the orchestra and the choir, Rabbi Nachman is hinting to this important truth. Just as the orchestra is only there to create a musical setting for the choir, so is the wicked kingdom only for the sake, the evil or mundanity or the world is only there for the sake of perfecting the existence of the queen. Just as in serving as the premise for the music, the choir gives it life and the vitality born of a purposeful existence, so does the queen in creating the necessity for a backdrop of evil, bring this miserable place to life. So just driving home this point that there's like, there's these relationships going on between a choir and the orchestra, and that's bringing out a point that the queen and the evil place, and really the queen and the and and the good side, is the same thing, is that it creates the vitality for something. Now the question is, what are you using it for? Right? What are you using your energy for? What are you excited about? And when you realize in that excitement is still alive within you for certain things, that's an incredibly positive thing to realize. I can still get excited about something. Right? It may not be davening. It may not be God. It may not be holy things. Definitely Vegas. Vegas, right? But, but I can still feel excitement is like I'm still alive. The queen is still here. Now, she's been hijacked. She's powering a t- completely different machine, right? She's powering a different kingdom, but she's still here. She's still there. And that's when you get to the recognitions, right? Like you started, we started talking about it for a second. Mama, she's second out. Yeah, the, I told you. One, one more concept in this. Evil, what feeds evil is, is mankind. Like, is what? The, is mankind. Because, you know, they say like if every Jew were to keep Shabbos, and the queen is Shabbos, the princess is Shabbos, right? And they, they, and every Jew took on Shabbos for, I think, two, yeah. two, two in a row. They went into a state of just receiving and, and submission to the king. Then there'd be nothing fueling the dark side, and that's why Mashiach would immediately come and eradicate it. Right. So it's, 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 it's that misplaced, uh, like I said, we're the ones feeding it. That's why she becomes a queen because she's actually feeding that illusionary castle of the. Very good. Very good. Yes. 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 There was one. I don't know. I don't. I, we can't skip this because I think there was one other thing. No, I don't. I don't think. Being it was, if they did not co-opt it, it would not exist at all. Exactly. They they the, they depend on it. Right. Why do we think that she's feeling this kingdom? The way I read it was that. She's just a bystander there that, yes, she happens to be the queen, but she's just sitting there. Like, so excited to, but like, they bring her in. Do be. She, she doesn't, she's nothing there. But is she nothing? The king specifically requests that she be brought in. When she's brought in, the music blares. The, the, the choir and then the orchestra start playing and singing. Until she comes in. There's no animation. There's no, they don't even notice them. There's no... Dead. Like you say, it's dead, yes. Yeah, it's depressed. It really is depressed without her. Yeah. Once she comes in, that's why, that's why you're seeing that she's fueling it. That's where you see the fuel, right? Is that all of a sudden the place bursts into, right? Song and dance when the queen comes in. It's an exciting time because she's the one that's giving them vitality. She's giving them energy, right? She's the all-spark. I was just I was just reading that to my son last night. <laughs> um, wow. Yes, I know, right? Um, <laughs> so um, that's the extent of my knowledge. Sorry. Um, so so yeah. So the 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 three recognitions. I think this foot this footnote is like I don't know. It's like just this, one, one more point. This is everything. When yeah. Ferris wanted to show off his whole wealth and everything he had. He started progressing through everything he had for 180 days. Followed that with another seven days, and at the very end, he wanted to present his most prized possession, Vashti. You see that even even in a um, 
Yeah, but you most still see it then. It, was, it wasn't like it was dead and depressed. Yeah, but that really. kind of shows that it was. If Vashi no. was oh, the Vashi wasn't there, yeah, there was nothing compared Why? to Why? He's getting more and more and more. Every single oh, day was the end. For sure, parallel. For sure, parallel. He was the. He was the the sole like ruler. Like he was the ruler. It's not an exact no, comparison. I know, yeah, I know. yeah, but it's but, 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 uh, the ultimate me, control is saying my wife's gonna come. She's the ruler. It's not, it's not her kayak. It's his kayak. She's the ruler. Even though he calls her in. She seems to be like the one. She's the rule. Okay, I don't know. It's a stretch because in Baruch the ultimate power of a king is to say when I when I summon the queen, the queen comes. When I summon, someone triggered it though. Uh, for the Medrash, it says uh, the debate triggered it. The what triggered the debate over who was right? That was the best Medrashim. Right. Oh, over the the, the stable yeah. boy. No, meaning for what Vashti. The? About who is the most who's the best looking? Oh, he feels uncomfortable saying it. the word beautiful. Got it. Why well, he just said it? Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed That's, he knew it. Right. Um, okay, so what happens? What what? There's a there's three. What we're what we're what we're what, what he terms here. What Rabbi Yaakov terms here as three essential recognitions. Right? He's he's sitting in the back of the room. They bring her in. So he says, "I know you, I know you, and you're you are the one who I'm here to find, right?" He knows that's my mission. Remember, he's that little tiny piece inside the neshama. He's going to go straight forward. He's going to be, he's going to going to experience ups and downs, but in the end of the day, he's charting up, right? And he is. He knows. He sees her, and he knows her. And then she looks out onto the crowd. She sees a guy sitting, lying in the corner. I know you. I know you. There's like this moment of connection. She goes there. She touches him and she asks him, do you recognize me? And for some reason, she needs to know if he recognizes her, which is interesting. Right? Yeah, because she wants to know if this all, hope, all hope is lost or not. Right. Right. Yes. So she says, do you recognize me? And he says, yes, I know exactly who you are. Right? I know exactly who you are. I never lost track of you. I know exactly who you are. So, um, so, f- so the first thing is, in this footnote, there's this two beautiful things that I think should have been above the line. But, um, but in the footnote on 147, no one else seems to pay attention to the guy in the corner, the hobo in the corner, right? No one else. No one else in the whole room. And the queen just marches over to the corner and you know who I am, right? Like their eyes meet from across the grand ballroom, right? Um, so he says, he says, he says on the bottom that the 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 breast lover must be and teach that no one else notices her because all the other people attending the palace of evil, they're involved in their base physical pleasure and they're far too preoccupied with themselves to survey their surroundings. Like in the end of the day, when the only thing that matters is fulfilling my pleasure in any way, maybe not even in, in a evil or, or sin way, but if that's my drive, if that's what's driving me, if that's what my drive is for, I don't even see other people. And so the lesson of that is that if, how do you know that you're on the right track? Meaning, how do you know that it's not base physical pleasure that you're seeking? Is when you have a recognition of other people. Is when you're able to you know, expand your sense of self to include other people. That's when you know you're being a good husband and a good father and a good community member and a good member of the Jewish people and a good member of the world, right? When you say, I not only am I thinking about myself, but myself includes the people in my sphere of influence, the people around me. I have a sense of achrayas for them. That's how you know you're on the right track because you're doing the opposite of all those people that were partying in the Vegas. That's the truth. It says, I think it's on 148, whatever it is. It says that, uh, no, I'm just saying, from what you're saying, I remember, it says that the guards saw him. They were like looking at this, like you said, hobo that's just there and they couldn't fathom like, who is this guy? What is this guy doing here? So we can't say that they were so preoccupied that they didn't pay attention because they obviously saw him. They obviously knew who he was and they were puzzled that who is this guy that he's here? Can I make a suggestion? Yeah. On this? Like just a thought. When, when, okay, 
when, when you're very preoccupied with your own life and your own thing, you'll, you may notice other people, but really to kind of feel like, are they going to be in my way? Do I have, are they going to... Are they going to stop me from doing what I need to do? Are they going to, like, kind of... But you don't really care about anything that they're, they're doing. As long as it's focused on myself. Exactly. Exactly. I guess, like... My whole relationship with other people is what, essentially, how do they affect me? Right. Am I going to be able to step on you, get higher up, or am I going to... Or are you going to be in the you, way... And you think about, like, getting into another person's mind, meaning, like, putting yourself in their shoes is literally the opposite of what you just described, Right. It's like, I don't care about you because I think you're in my way. I care about you because you, because you, right? No, not. I care about you for you, not because I can get something from you or because I need something from you. I care about you because of you. And that's a whole different thing. That is, that's what, what this quote from Revolbe, um, what he says on the bottom, a person who is constantly entrenched in his own pursuits doesn't even see the other. Such a person, what's the avod though? What do you have to do? You have to make an effort to leave his personal space and forsake his pursuits from time to time. He must not give the impression that this is unimportant for how can a ben Torah remain an egoist, right? He's specifically talking to people who are Jewish, religious, learning, learning, doing the right things. But he says, but remember that you have to spend time on this, on working on this, on expanding yourself you can't be an egoist you have to realize there's a there's people around you he says may hashem save us from this even one who isn't an egoist in the true sense of the word but someone who is constantly preoccupied with building his inner world contemplating deep thoughts of torah and fear of heaven it's amazing who he's describing right he's describing a person who's steiging who's growing in a beautiful way so right Perfect person. Not <laughs> and, and maybe he says it will be similarly difficult for such a person to be aware of things happening around him. It doesn't mean he's spaced out, but it means that his whole relationship with the world around him is only in well, how does it fuel me? How does what does it do for me? Right? Maybe not a full blown egoist, as he says, but you know, what what does it do for me? And to be able to expand that is part of growth, is part of it's also a great tracker to know if you're on the if you're on the right track, right? Do you care about other if, people? Yeah. Are you becoming a more caring person? What did, what did uh, Reb David Feinstein say? Reuven or Reb David? Reb David. said, if you sit down and learn, he, he was talking about Gemara. He says, if you sit down and learn a he didn't piece say of... What he, said. he said, if you sit down um, and learn a first Seder and you learn until 1230 and you didn't think once how to make me a better person or about God. No. He said, oh, says it? Yeah. If you didn't think about Hashem or how it's going to make me a better person, right. then either what do you say? He says sit back down. You have to sit down and learn again. Sit down for another Seder. You have to sit down and learn again. But that's, that's uh, it's a track, it's a, it's a great way to check yourself, right? Because in the end of the day, you can fall into a trap of, of the egoist, as Revolva says, right? You can fall into the trap. I mean, he said it in Hebrew, right? So I don't know if he even said that. But, um, but you can fall into a trap of, of being completely self-centered in the service of God. <laughs> While being involved in the service of God, like right? Like you're learning for yourself. Yeah, you're, you're learning just so you could be. Texas win the game. Oh, that no, could be. No. What does it do for me? What does it do for me? But am I davening? Am I really talking to Hashem? Right, exactly. You know, there's a thing called a, there's a thing called a prayer for, for nothing, right? <laughs> Maybe the Texans are in that category already. They already lost all the games, even though they didn't play them. Okay, I guess anyone could win, right? Any given Sunday. Okay, fine. Yeah, but yeah, but oh, but even a person who's a person who is, you know, simple example. A person wants to kiss the Torah. Right, and his enthusiasm and desire to kiss the Torah when they're bringing it out, he goes and pushes four people out of the way to make sure that his outstretched hand gets onto the Torah so he could give a kiss. It's like that one's that's a good example because it's so easy to see. You're like you, something's missing, right? Something's missing, and so that's a, I think it's a good tracker in a general sense on 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 you know going in the right direction and attaining real true levels and really internalizing them. A great tracker is, is this making me a more caring person? Because that's where it's supposed to go. This is supposed to be a pleasant path, right? Is it making me a more caring person? And that's a question that I, you know, we have to, we have to contemplate. And the part of the construct of all that God did this for this to happen is 
the way we solve a lot of our own problems is by solving someone else's problem, like the whole like money situation. Mm -hmm. Give Sadaka, then we'll give it back. Or in a virtue, like teaching, if you want to learn, the best way to learn is to teach others. You know, and I've heard stories of like, you know, these rabbis having issues uh, coming up with ideas for something until someone's like, can you come teach? And then all of a sudden, boom, the, they got it. The flow so, comes down, right? That, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Simple shot in that. Um, sometimes your schus, your merit is not enough. But when you need, you need that idea to give over to somebody else, their merit is sufficient to receive that a, idea. On a spiritual level, how it works. There's a lot of stories where, like, two people go and, like, oh, the, each person has loved one who needs the Bush Lema. Mm -hmm. And they go, I'll dump for yours, you dump for me. And right. They're both. Right. It's like, oh, that's the point. That's exactly what Hashem was waiting for. Yeah. Is that it should turn you into a more caring person. That your davening is not just, I need this, I need this, I need this. But there's a paragraph in there about people that are that. sick instead of just being like, thank you for not making me sick. It's like, but there are people that are sick and I'm going to die. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so these recognitions, right? The fact that everyone is still who they are even though the surrounding, the environment has changed. The Viceroy, still the Viceroy. That Neshama, still the Neshama, even though he's sitting here in the palace of evil, surrounded by evil, right? Like we said last week, he may be in a body that has carried him into, deep into the basement of a casino, right? They have basements in Vegas? Oh yeah, they do, right? The, the, with the gondolas and, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's underground, you have to go down, no? In the Venetian. Is it? It's first floor? Yeah? I thought there was a downstairs also. There's like two floors there or something? Okay, whatever. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. That's what they that's what they go. No, that's the parking garage, yeah. Um, so there you go, there you go, there you go. That's true. actually right. So it's true, it's true. Under the under the casino. So <laughs> So this queen, the, the the princess, is recognized. The viceroy is they recognize each other. And not only that, the queen still recognizes herself. The princess still recognizes herself. Where did you get that from? Because she runs to the viceroy. And it's like, do you know who I am? I thought she recognized who, meaning, I thought she was, I, I misunderstood. Yeah. I thought she was asking, do you know who I am? Because she lost herself. Ah. And then he explained, yes, you're the lost princess. And that's when she realized. I didn't read it the way you read so it. So that's, so that's, I, 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 your explanation is probably the straighter, like the more um, clear explanation was that the princess. Like she noticed something familiar about this person. But didn't even know, know who, who she, she was. Is, going to, do you know who I am? Tell me my past. But, like, like, tell me my story. Right. Do you recognize he me? Breaks it down as, yeah. as three separate ones, but it's really I don't. To me, it's two. Two and a half. The last two are one and the same. Meaning, once he says yes, I know who you are, and starts like Isaac saying, saying it over, that's when she remembers and it kicks in. Right. So yes, technically it's a third reveal, but it's no, one no. I think it's all one, not two or three. It's all one. It's all one. Meaning, why would she say that? Why would he even have to say, no. I know you are, this is who you are? Meaning, it would have just been, yeah, I know who you are. You know, sometimes you're somebody and nobody remembers you or anything and you think everybody gave up on you. That was what she was doing. She always knew who she was. She was always different. Okay. You just so, test to see if it's not, it's, it's not higher. Also, uh, I, mean, I think you could read it your way also. I, mean, I think you could read it your way also. But it, meaning most but of no, but say, according you know, to its way, then she really I'm, gave I'm, up on herself. And she needed the Viceroy almost to the sense where really, the way he's saying it, really the Viceroy should have reached out to her and said, do you know who you are? Right. But, right. but, but the Viceroy laying there... So one second. So one second. So if she... It matters who went to who. You're telling me, you're, even you get to a point in your explanation where... There was something about her that she knew needed to be explained. She herself knew, right? That's why she got up. Maybe that was the recognition. Yes, I agree with you. Maybe it's not a full-blown, 
She knew exactly who she was, even though she was on the throne up there. She knew that was not her place. She had amnesia. And she has know. bits and pieces. She has bits 100%, 100%. and pieces that are sticking out of her yeah. mind. But it's like, and then, why didn't, then why didn't the vice go to her? There's something here. I'm not he's supposed to be here, but I have no idea he's why. He walked right in. I, I, at that point, he walked right in. I know what I'm doing. He passed the bar. I know you from somewhere. He's in there. He's doing what he wants. He's checking every chamber. Nobody stopped him. to know made her get up to go yeah. otherwise she had no reason to go to him right mm-hmm. so I don't know I tried it that way then why didn't then why didn't the vice go to her he was planning he had a whole plan how is he going to go to her in front of all these guards Wait, these let's things? go till this part of the story he walked into a place where there were guards and they didn't stop him right but he didn't he walk started, to the king Wait, the queen he, right? yeah he started yeah. walking around checking out every chamber Nobody without cares. a worry in the world Nobody cares. He starts laying down when the king is there in some corner. Everyone and now he cares? No, no. Everyone else was That's doing the same thing. Dude. Everyone. No, nobody. Yes. Everybody yes. was occupied with the king type but, stuff. No, with their own stuff. But they were not disrespectful. Neither looking schmatadick. Looking like a like a Can you imagine? Hillbilly. Could you imagine walking up to a king or a queen and, and then At that like, point, 100%. No. By the way, you're right. You're right even in the book's explanation. You're right that she was, she recognized there was something different. But she didn't know what. But she needed confirmation. She doesn't know what Fine. it is, right? Okay, we'll call it that. We'll call it that. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean for us? In our, in our internal search for the lost princess. It kind of seems like we need to be touched by that excitement before we can even attain it. Something about that? Yeah? Yeah? So, yeah? That's how it's Basically, like, if you don't see that excitement somewhere, you might never... You're just as good as in the desert, not seeing it. But that, like, part of this process is recognizing the excitement for what it could do, right? Okay. Yeah, I think that's why this is all happening in the same chapter. I agree with you. Is that we just brought out the point that that's what fuels the the palace, the other palace. Well, then, when these recognitions happen, or there's this inquiring going on, it's because that inside of us needs to be needs that affirmation that. It could actually be used for the viceroy's purpose and come what back to the, the main palace with the viceroy. Why did go to the queen to take her home? Because the, the queen, queen, oh, according oh, to me, yeah. Pasha, because the queen knew who she was. She needed to see if everybody was totally Yayish, and, and now I had no shot. Okay, and now, and now no. once she If I go, if I'm the one going, according to me, I knew she knew who I was. Hmm? Me, the viceroy, knew she knew who I was, so I'm waiting. She needs to do the step. If she totally didn't remember, I would have to go over and it say, seem like you dude, do you know who you are? No, you're the one hired she to go get her. The viceroy knew who she was. According to you, you're yeah. saying that she wants to feel loved and missed and respected. No, and, 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 not and, loved or respected. She needs to know that, that there's a glimmer of hope that will take you back. Great, now, now it's, she knows it's she the idea and now, and So now, then why doesn't she why just come back? Be like, okay, let's go. Let's get a new one. Now she's on. This is like a fishing game. She's on the hook. Now we gotta wheel her in. But why? What, he was what, hired what, to bring her home. What do you right. bring her home? What's that? Uh, uh, so that he's alluding to. That's something that comes out. Why doesn't he just take her right now? Right. There's something that she needs him to do in so, order to. No, but this, but this, this, is, this is my point. Time. She oh. needs him to do. Okay, this is my point. She my, needs him to. Walk. Later in the story, she needs him to do. Tasks, tasks or missions right. in order to why because in order to re in order to Reconnect. the way that he's going to rescue her is by embodying her in these missions right sort of redeeming her qualities and bringing them back oh, to life right. that be I, I agree works on, not him? Oh, so that's why you always have to remember remember we took a left hand turn a little bit I in, know, in that's chapter what, six it's all inside of you it's all inside of you she is the vice and the vice is it's her. all inside of you so your excitement needs to be reawakened by right. your pintle the power is the pintle you in I have a problem with that you're supposed to be able to understand the muscle on two levels the Simple, basic level of understanding the story. The story has to flow, and then. The well, exactly. Rabbi stuff. Nachman's stories do not have to flow. No. no. <laughs> I, 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 this is not. I mean, these are not real people, and they weren't meant to be people in the story. You know, the princess is that that passion, and that's and that's the plot twist. They are real people. When it's been stuck, what's that? No. So that's the plot twist. They are real. No. But when it's been stuck, they, they get stuck in that right. that physical pleasure. 
and they and it forgets what actually it was supposed to be going towards. Yes, and it turns towards its viceroy, your internal viceroy. It turns towards that and says, "Am I even still alive?" And the viceroy confirms that yes, you are still pumping blood. There is still a chance that you can come back to life, so to speak. Right? right? Yeah, In the story, I can get you back to the original palace, but that's inconsequential for us. It's I can bring you back to life, says the viceroy. Let me do it. I will do the mission necessary. I don't know how to do it necessarily, right? I need an animating force to allow me to know how to do it. But once I can involve these two together, I can bring back this dead part of me. Maybe you right? could explain on the muscles level purely. Maybe. You want to stay in the muscle? Like this. Okay. I would say like this. Yes. She's traumatized by the way the king treated her. She's traumatized by the way the king sent her out and said, let the no good one take you. She needs proof that the king really does want her back. And that the viceroy does want her and back. And the viceroy has an extension of the king, right? He's not going to give him tests and challenges. No, we'll let him that he wants to make sure that, 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 that the king really Okay, we'll see how we explain the tests. The tests are not necessarily tests, but they're actually more like reactivating essential parts of what she does. And they're tests to right, see again, if the viceroy the can do you're, those. You're only right. looking from the nimshal, but I'm right. saying maybe you can only look from the muscle, and then after you have the whole story, look at the nimshal. Maybe, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, so, yeah, I don't know. I the way... It's a little more than that also, because here, she's the queen, so it's, she has more power, and she's more, in the sense that, like, this is more, this is an upgrade for me, mm-hmm. right? You want me to go back there? You gotta give me a reason. Well, I was to in be the king's shadow. There, I was in the king's shadow. Here, interesting. I am. I am that, that's interesting because it kind of, it kind of like made it seem like like now she's a queen. She's not a princess in a new castle. Right. She's a queen. Right. Right. I've upgraded. There's something. There's something more exciting about. It's it. something that you could even be more excited, right? For the for the worldly <laughs> stuff. Until so you really feel. Hard. No, I, I feel like you're. Already, it's like saying you'd rather be the king of. The worst country in the world, or a princess? That depends America. how they're making her feel. Yeah, well, yeah, sounds, sounds a little. Shocking. It kind of sounds like exciting. They're bringing out music. They're doing. Put yourself in her shoes. appreciation. First. You gotta put yourself in her shoes. There's, there's something else. She's got no family. <laughs> she has a king, right? No. Her husband. Yeah. She's very family. close to him. No, oh, it's not. Okay, I hear. You. I hear. You. Um, there's there's something here about like about you know growing up and seeing seeing. Uh, kids make, you know, decisions that maybe are not the, the best, right? And understanding that that a lot of that drive towards that is because there's a vacuum of, there's a vacuum that's been created of, uh, any spiritual engagement, and when you have a vacuum, I think part of it is pr- it's probably oversimplified. Part of it is kids being kids and doing stupid things. But I'm talking about kids who just make decisions that they're going to go do things that they uh, that are against the Torah, right? Um, kids doing stuff like that, especially you know, you talk about teenagers growing up. You grow up religious, and you talk about teenagers doing things that they know they're not. That's not part of who they are. Um, a lot of that comes from that vacuum created when the princess disappears from the spirituality, the spiritual elements. Right. The depression, you mean? Like yeah. The dep- of- yeah, the depression. And Stam, Avera, Sin, uh, you know, engaging in those things. And you could have people, you know, you call them off the derech, right? But really, that, that the choices that they're making are a symptom of a, di- of a different disease. That you're not diagnosing that disease. Meaning it's really a spiritual malady. It's a spiritual issue, right? Is that, and if you can bring real connection to both the kids in your sphere of influence, but also to the kid inside of you, if you can bring spiritual fulfillment, right? That was part of the idea of starting the davening chabura, right? Is like davening is so hard to connect to. Well, let's bring some understanding and spirituality back into the davening, right? Like, let's do it. Let's talk about davening. Let's make that a topic of conversation, right? Sunday morning, we sit around much like this, and we talk about davening and different parts of davening. We go through it. Sometimes it's great insights. Sometimes I'm way off the, off the, off the mark, but um, Rabbi Nagel usually is here. And there's, um, you know, but that's part of the idea. It's like if you can, if, if Hashem says this is the greatest enjoyment, then I better, I have to work on, okay, finding where is the enjoyment in it, and some of that comes from just a lack of 
spirituality inside but of don't it. Don't kids have to, teenagers have to go through that process themselves? Because yeah. as much as you try to influence it, they're going to have to go through the desert, the, the, the field, the forest, until they find that path. But how bad? How bad does it have to be, right? Okay, so maybe you have a little sign that says "Go this way." And you right. try to help them with uh-huh. a little arrow, mm-hmm. like fine. But yes, they still have to. Yes, yes, food. but infusing the things, infusing the things that they're doing with an, a level of understanding and connection and spirituality, so that and obviously I, I have to be living with it in order to be able to give it over to the next generation, right? But being able to do that, it creates a much stronger bond between them and the positive choices that they're making, as opposed to it just being a result of the environment that they live in or their upbringing, it now becomes something personal. It's something that they themselves have a connection to, right? Whereas lighting the menorah could be just because this is what our family does every year when it's Hanukkah, we light the menorah, right? But if it becomes something that is personal to them, then, oh, now we're talking. Now this is something that can stay with them, you know, beyond or through those forest fields and deserts, right? There's certain things, right? I always felt, and I'm for sure wrong, but I always felt like this... Um, in school, we were trained to do Birkat Hamazon, the grace after meals. We were trained to do it way too early. And I, I just had this experience where, where my Itai, he's five, right? And he's benching and he's basically just saying Gugu Gaga sounds in a tune, right? And I'm just looking at him doing it, and, but he's excited to do it. So there's something great about it. But I just feel like if you make goo goo gaga sounds is your first your first interaction with the thing is goo goo gaga sounds and when do you grow up to it not just being goo goo gaga sounds right to it not just being a series of sounds baruch a u a i i i when when do you grow up when do you grow past that right maybe if you introduce it this is my own feeling it's not i don't think i think i'm wrong but this is my own feeling like maybe if you introduced it at a at an age where they could actually appreciate the words that they're saying, then maybe they could build on that appreciation, meaning understanding. They could build on that. I'm for sure wrong because you say the same it's not set up that way. Right. Yeah, that's why people don't like to wash. That's why people don't like to wash. You're out of your freaking mind. Why? Because people are people and. Uh, Spirituality is hard for people. But think about the, because by the young the t- age. But think about by the time, by the time you, by the time you actually make a decision to pay attention to the words of benching. Yeah. You said benching, like Thousands one, times. one million times, beautiful. and it's just been a series of sounds. So is it amazing? Back Even if you're yes. That's so beautiful. You were trained to just make a series of sounds so after you eat a meal. So beautiful. It, there is a beauty to it. I agree with you. There's a beauty to You're it. You're crazy, bro. I'm nuts, right? You're nuts. But there's something about adding and infusing. And I'm talking about doing it on a five-year-old level because at the end of the day, you're going to learn benching and you need to be in a world where you're doing Birkata Mazon. on a five-year-old school level. after. At what level? At 15? What? At, at, I'm not you, sure. Yeah, what are you saying? I'm, I, well, I don't know. I think davening maybe like 18, 19, maybe, maybe 22, 24. The heck with davening? What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? What would you, what do you think? You think I make kosher davening? No, no, I, I'm I crazy, to, right? No, I want to hear your... I could die. Why? Do? I'm wrong. Don't listen to my thoughts. Go ask someone who knows what they're talking about. I could die. In the Hasidic world, and it's a big thing for years and years, in the real Hasidic world, you'd see that until the kids are 12, 13, like... They take bar mitzvah, right. very different than we. We like to train kids to be more well-mannered on every sense of the word when they're younger. Whether it's um, respect, behave, davening, everything on, on a, on a much younger age. Before they're supposed to. <laughs> In the Hasidic world, it's very different. It's, it's almost like a switch, like turn on, off, the day they become bar mitzvah, everything. But that when they become bar mitzvah, they take the extreme the other way when we don't. Right. We're like, okay, we'll still transition. But they go like, oh. They go zero to 100. Right. At exactly 13. But do they have the training necessary? 
I don't know. Go to 100? I think it's instilled because the parents have that. So when they realize that, just remember, when you're 13, this is what happens. When you're 13, this is what happens. Listen, ultimately, that's why I think I'm wrong is because I think you do need the training of the framework of where you're going to put the actions. And then when you grow up, you're going to add it. And it might be when you're 14. It might be when you're 18. It might be when you're 40. Like it, it could be, right? Like, uh, but like you need the framework so that that's what we're doing in school. That's what we're doing is giving them the framework. I just, I just feel like they're, I don't know. This is, it's, it's, I'm not sourced. This is my crazy idea. I just look at it and say, <laughs> how many years of Google Gaga noise are you going to make after benching? Like I'm looking at his future and I'm thinking like, try to add it in. They take it so much more serious. What do the words mean? What does it mean? Every, no, like, what is every, it? Like, even, even a, a, no, they don't. It's just they may take it more serious than me and you. <laughs> but they don't. But, that, but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this system. Yeah, because this system it's not the system. This system. If you were in the other world, you just would never become a Balchuva, so you would never take any of it serious. We don't know. Based on what you're saying. So then become, no, all I'm then saying, become a Balchuva now. The reason why I'm saying Then this. become a Balchuva now. You think that the I already reason... Went, I'm already blaming the people from my... But they were banned from my... Right. <laughs> Meaning you never, you can never blame it, including no, myself. Because, because the reason me, I don't bench roll is because I'm not ready to become a Valtrufa in that aspect. It's fine, but it's also because it's not new to you. It's not. It's also it's been so instilled in you the way you might be saying it. Excuse for myself too. Right? No, I'm I'll saying at a certain point you have to grow up either way. I can prove you wrong. wrong. Simple thing. Okay. Never listen to Jewish music in my life. I got all into it. But now, not not on, not on terms that it was forced into my ears. You never listened to Jewish music, yeah. and now you got into it. Okay. Yeah. I, and I'm attached to it. I won't listen to anything else. He's making oh, this, a okay. conscious decision. Yeah. This is what he wants okay. to be listening but, to. But that's also because I did it at my terms, at my time. Not not because my parents maybe listened to it. Or maybe the Jewish maybe, music got... Well, there, there could be 50 reasons. Maybe <laughs> Jewish music got trashed. Right. Maybe, maybe it got better. Maybe it got better. Maybe it got better. Maybe it's... No, uh, I listened to the whole range. Okay, some people would say it's... No, I, I think, no, I think there's something not... to say about it. There's something to say about it. I think I'm wrong, but... It, it, I've uh, said I, it. I how many you. times they say it? I, I think show, I'm actually wrong, but you, I think there's wrong. a point there on, for the need to grow up about things and, and not just and be like, well, this, these are the sounds that I make after I or when I come to shul in the morning. Davening is a prime example. These are the noises that I make. There's a time to say, okay, what is this? What... What have I been trained to do? Baloney! No, I'm telling you. Baloney! 100%. No, because we have it in us. You could keep it. He said, I said that you could see it within the Orthodox, like he's blaming on Baltimore, that you kind of, he agrees with it. Not a blame. (laughs) I'm not blaming anything. That he he agrees that there's a concept that we just, we go about our day and we quickly daven. But when on Yukamar Shanim Kippur, we see that a lot of the people that were born Orthodox and everything, they're davening night and day. So he says because they're scared for their life. Oh, I don't think that's why. Yeah. I think I because mean. there's a focus. And because to us it's a little bit newer, it, there's a certain focus. It's just like... year, you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, it's just, it's just like the Rosh Chodesh Halal. Right. If Halal would be every day, it would be the same thing. Halal it's not a part a... in being used to it. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. You said it. No, meaning that at three years old, at four yes. years old, at five years old, that we learned that. It's a word that we've done it so often that it's very hard to have the yeah. the newness, yeah, which is what Chazal says about the Elam, you shouldn't have newness. Right. You shouldn't do it every day. Because if you do it every day, it's going to be, it's going to be, come rope. We just don't have that with Tefillah. It's really with everything. Reason. Listen, you have to train. I mean, that's not a, it's not the reason. No, I'm not saying it's the reason. Okay. I didn't say it's the I'm not saying it's the reason, but I'm saying it does it does create a harder battle to decide to grow up about. Can I ask a question? Who's going off the deck first? Neither. 100% me. You know... No, you know what? Me and my wife, who's going with me? You talk to almost anybody and their wife, it's always them, you know what? Because a woman has three major obligations and a man has 613 plus trila plus plus plus. I don't even see that. And, and therefore, it's, it's, the, the path for us is a lot more difficult. It's not always true. It's not always true. It's Sorry? 613. 613. Uh, no, he's a you have woman. to learn. You have to learn the mitzvahs. Levite. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's what I meant. All right. All right. So according to you, nobody has 600. 2,000 years ago, too. <laughs> yeah, right. we're going to stop there? Yeah, we're going to stop there. Okay.